0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. your Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks and praise for all the gifts and blessings in our lives, Lord, especially for the gift of your Holy Spirit, to help us to discern, to help us to know your will in our lives, and the graces to follow them fearlessly. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. I do this um, little thing often, but I think it's very fruitful. I think it's very helpful to constantly go through it, to remind ourselves of it. <clears throat> So I ask you a question, who here knows, we're going to show our hands, we're going to participate this morning, who here knows the name of their father? I'm throw you a little softball here, only by half the church, it's a little weird. All right, who here knows the, the name of their grandfather? Who here knows the name of their great-grandfather? Who here knows the name of their great-great-grandfather? All right, you got a lineage guy here, I know mine, because I helped my dad with our family three years ago. All right. Who here knows the name of the priest that baptized their great-great-grandfather? <laughs> None of you? Come on, guys. That poor priest. Who here knows the name of the priest that baptized them? Who knows? Anybody? Oh. How the henna baptized me at uh, Mother of God on May 26, 1986. Do you know your dates? It's an important thing to know. All right, hands down. Well, how do I go through that? I pray with that honestly more often than I probably should. I oftentimes pray with that. Is that... At a certain place, at a certain time, my great-great-grandfather existed. And he was a man who worked for his family. Was he a good man, a not good man? Honestly, I don't know. Someone knows somewhere. And God will judge his eternal soul. But he handed down the faith to his son, and then to his son, and to his son. And here I am, on a silver platter, I have the faith. I didn't have to find Jesus. I was baptized as an infant. I've been given the graces of God and the means from God from my forefathers to live a fruitful life healthy, happy, holy life as a follower and disciple of Jesus. And there was a random priest in a random village, in a random country, in a certain place at a certain time, who fulfilled his priestly duty, who baptized my great-grandfather, who baptized my great-grandfather, whomever, and the faith has been handed on since. And that priest is now dead and is now completely forgotten. But in that place, in that time, he served He served God. And now we have the faith. And then I will one day be forgotten. But here I am, mid December 2021, preaching to you, Jesus. I had baptisms yesterday, I had you know, a funeral Monday, whatever. There's a lot of things going on, and my priestly ministry today is being fulfilled. In the year 2121, we're dead and forgotten. But today, at a certain place, at a certain time, I have an obligation to preach to you the gospel. You have an obligation to hand on the gospel, to hand on the faith for generations to come after you. We're all called to a certain place and a certain time to do what God wants for us in our lives. So when I was going through discernment, when I was praying for like, what does God want from me, it was challenging because I always think to myself, like, how is God calling me? As an individual, how is it me? It's someone else's job. It's someone else doing their own things. Think, for example, of the, the reading from Colossians. The poor reader had to read all these names. Think of these names. Who here knows these names? Tychicus, Onesimus, Aretaquus, Mark, Barnabas, Justus, Ephrahas, Luke, Demas, Nympha, Archippus. Do you know these guys? Anybody? Nope. But they were so significant to the early church that they assisted Paul, the greatest evangelist of all time, they assisted Paul so much in his ministry that he wrote them by name. Like, hey, Father Rodney's coming, Father Brian's coming, Father Bissam, by name. These guys, these priests are helping me in our ministry. They're dead. They're forgotten their names on a paper somewhere, but they were important to the ministry. How is it that God called me, Father Pierre, to serve him as a priest? To this day, it's crazy. To this day, I think God is kidding and he's joking, right? Because I was going through my whole life. I always loved Jesus. I wanted to serve God. I wanted to serve him in any way he wanted to me. And then I kept feeling this draw to be a priest. And I was like, you know what? I'll give it some time and prayer because I'm positive. If I give God time and I discern well and I think about it well, God will call me to be a holy husband, holy father. The more I prayed about it, the more God wanted me to become a priest. Sure, I'll join seminary. I'll go for a few years, and then he'll draw me out of it. Six years later, I became a priest. Because every single day I would pray, every single day I would go to the heart of Jesus, and he would call me, to be a priest, I don't know why. I don't deserve this. I don't earn this. It's not because of my merits. It's in spite of my faults that God has called any priest to serve him because all of it is on the grace of God. God has called us to do these things. So a prayer for you, for all of us, right? As we go through our lives, at this certain place, at this certain time in our lives, God calls us to serve him in big ways and in small ways. But either way, we have to be intentional about it. We must be very specific, and know the will of God in our lives in order to follow it. Whether you're called to be a priest, whether you're called to be a religious sister, whether you're called to get married, whether you're called to be open to life, whether you're called to be a butcher, whether you're called to foster children, whether you're called to be a minister in the church and serve the altar or be in the ministry or serve in parish council, whatever it is, all these things are callings from God, big and different scales, obviously, but we have to know where God is calling us. So in the gospel, when the angel appears to Mary, Mary's yes changes the world. Just yesterday we had all the, all the, all the uh, community kids, and I was asking them. I was like, let's say tonight you go home, a long day, you're brushing your teeth, you're putting on your pajamas, and you turn around and there's an angel like standing on your bed. What would you do? They're like, I would kneel and pray. I would ask them what they wanted for my life. I'm like, okay, anyone else? Okay, good. Like, you know what I would do? Imagine tonight, long long Sundays. Sundays are busy, brush my teeth, pajamas on, <sighs> I turn around and like, there's an angel on my bed. Like, ah! I would, like, I would like, run down the hall, like knock on Father Rodney's door because he's like Mr. Muscles. And I'm like, come save me! Right? And he would come and save me and protect me from an angel or we'd both just like, run away in fear. See, angels are big and scary. Angels have six wings we hear in Scripture. Two to fly, two to cover their face, and two to cover their feet. Imagine a six-wing spiritual being in your bedroom tonight. Would be very scary. An angel comes to Mary and says, be not afraid. Okay. Say yes. Say yes to God. And think about this week, for example. The majority of humans, especially as Catholics, the majority of followers of Jesus are called to, the, to be married, are called to be faithful and fruitful and have children and be very generous with God and your children, be very open to life. And that can be scary. We can look at the world around us and say the world is scary. This week especially. Random Tuesday, all right kids, go to school, see you after school, here's your lunch, call me, whatever, whether you have kindergartners, whether you have grandkids, whether you have high schoolers, and then a really, really scary week for all parents, for all people, especially for parents. You don't think about it. They go to school, they're safe. And the news breaks and your kids come home and schools get canceled. What a scary, fearful week. Think of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She says yes to God, says yes to the angel, to bring Jesus into this world. It can seem scary, because if you were to show Mary her life, like you're gonna have a child, Okay, sure, I'll have a baby for Jesus. You're going to have to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem and then flee to Egypt because the king wants to kill your son, come back, live your life, lose your son in the temple and be scared. And then watch his ministry as the world gossips about him. Watch him be dragged through the streets of Jerusalem, beaten, crucified, and you're going to be at the foot of the cross and watch that happen. Do you still say yes? That can seem scary. Fearful. But fear cannot win. Mary trusted God. So we fight fear with trust. We trust God. Whatever it is in our vocations, whatever it is in our lives, if God is calling you to be a priest, it can seem scary. What if you're not a good priest? What if people talk about you? I promise you, they will. It's like par for the course, right? People love talking about their priests. It's like fun. I don't know why. It's a bit strange. I don't care. I'm kind of a boring person, so talk all you want. But the ministry is worth it. Does God want you to have more children? More than likely. We live in a very much contraceptive mentality. More than likely. Is it scary? Absolutely. Is it worth it because we trust God and human life matters? Absolutely. If God is calling you to be a religious sister, to be a nun, is that potentially scary? I have to give up my things and go to this place. It can seem scary. But it happens. Yesterday, Master Teresa was here. Teresa Juana. She's been a sister for over 50 years. I think she's in her 60th year of being a religious sister. The thousands and thousands of people and lives that she has touched in her ministry to preach Jesus, to bring them Jesus, and it was all worth it because she committed her life to her community and to God and to her bigger community, the church community. And that is beautiful. So as parents, as humans, all of us in the church, as followers of Jesus, we have to be encouraging, like the Blessed Virgin Mary, that all of us encourage those who are called to the priesthood to be a priest. To the day I die, I'll be scandalized of how much our community loves their priest. I am so well respected and loved in our community. It's humbling. Everybody loves, for the most part, our community loves their priests. But if their son wants to do it, it's like, no, that's somebody else's son's job. If God calls you to do this, it's crazy. It's not because of your merits. It's because of God's call. We have to be generous and respond. And as a community, we should be encouraging of that. Because if you don't have priests, you don't get the Eucharist. Not that I'm holy, but because God has made the priesthood holy. We should be encouraging and intentional about it. You want your children to get married? Be intentional about it. Marry a holy spouse. Whether God is calling you to be a priest, be a holy priest. Calling you to be a sister, religious sister, be a holy religious sister. To be a spouse, be a holy spouse. To be a parent, be a holy parent. If you're not married, to be holy in whatever life you're doing. To be a butcher, be a holy butcher. To be a mechanic, be a holy mechanic. To be a physician, be a holy physician. Whatever God is calling you in your life, all of us, collectively, because of the graces of God, because of Mary's, yes, we have a Savior. The general call of God is holiness. All of us are called to holiness. All of us are called to discern and to pray, what does God want for me in my life? And then say, God, give me the grace and the courage to fight fear with trust in God. Amen.